Hello and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today, we'll be talking about topics for starting off a high-level role-playing game, options that you can use to get your characters to the point where you can get the real game to begin. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me in the studio is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. You know... It's been a while since I just said hello, so hey everybody, how you doing? We love you. Check out our podcast. All right, so today we are talking about uh, options for getting to the starting gate for a high-level campaign. Now, the standard D&D type campaign starts with level one. It's what they suggest from the book. Um, however, you have the issues where sometimes games fall apart before you get to high level. You're going through those low levels over and over again. And you just want to get into the high levels where you're playing with dragons and warping reality and your characters are almost literal, literal gods walking the earth. And it's just a matter of how do you get there and still have it be a rich and fulfilling game without just being you exploiting power fantasies. So we had a couple of different options that we came up with for how to move characters to the high level that you want them to start at. And we figured we'd go over the pros and cons and some of the options and open it up just so that you can hear our discussion, our thoughts on the matter, so you can decide what's going to work best for your campaign at home. So the first option that we came up with for this is simply bypass all of the lower levels and start at a higher level. Mm -hmm. You want to run a game at 15th, you tell your players, okay, we're going to play a game, you will get to start at 15th level. Now there's definitely, like all the other options that we have, there's some Pros, there's some cons, there's benefits, there's some drawbacks. I think that's the most typical way people will do it if they and, want to do a high-level game. And it's very common. You yeah. know, you start a new game, and you're like, okay, what are we doing? What's the setting? What level are we starting at? Yep. Because it's also very common for people to look at the first couple levels as kind of a tutorial type thing and like, oh, you're all going to start at level four or level five. This is just taking that to the extreme where, okay, you're going to start at level 12 or you're going to start at level 15. Right. Um, so what are some of the benefits on that? Well, I mean, the obvious benefits is you get right into your game. So maybe you either want to play in or run a, uh, you know, a, a high-ish level game. Start everyone at 12 or 15, you know, because that's just where you want to start. Uh, you get right into it. You don't have to worry about anything coming before then. You don't have to worry about any real background too much. Obviously, the players can tell you sort of what their background is and make up what they've done but you get straight into you are a level 12 or a level 15 or level 18 badass. And this is where we are starting the game. So you don't have to worry about anything lower than that. You can just get right into it. And that's probably like the most obvious pro. Yeah. The other advantage or one of the few other advantages, cause I see mostly drawbacks in my personal opinion, but one of the I, other I advantages is um, if your intent is to multi-class, it's easier to just jump into a higher level and have all the multi-classing done exactly right. the way you need it to have it done. I can have X numbers in, uh, in this class and Y numbers in this class. If you're going to go with a third class, Z, you know, in this class, and boom, you're where you want to be at the level that you're starting at. That's a really good point. Playing through multi-classing can be a little bit painful until you get to the, you know, say, okay, well, I want to do this combination, but it doesn't really start to work to level eight. Playing through one through seven is going to be kind of rough because you're going to have a little bit from this and a little bit of that. And you're not going to start getting that synergy that you're really looking for and really trying to accomplish until you right. accomplish all the multi-classing and end up in whatever class you're going to finally stay in. Yeah, I'm in the process of building. It's the the Shadow Monk Assassin Rogue build with a couple levels of fighter that's supposed to be super badass. Uh, 
Haven't really got to that point yet because we're only like fifth or sixth level. So obviously not even high enough level to exploit any of it. But yeah, I mean, if I were able to start at 11th, 12th level with that character, I'd have that build already done. So that's a really good example there. Um, so for drawbacks, I think there's there, there's plenty of drawbacks yes. as well. Um, my personal biggest one is I like the formative levels, you know, where you have players playing a character they don't know. And they're going to figure out how that character is by experimenting with them at the lower levels. Right. Uh, you know, the dwarven fighter who charges into a bunch of orcs and nearly gets killed at level one is going to be a different experience, a different character from the dwarven fighter who charges into a bunch of orcs at level one and slaughters them easily. Right. You know, you're going to have one who's going to grow, who's going to grow up or level up being more guarded, being, you know, I, I know that I'm mortal. I know that I could die. So I'm going to make sure that the fights go my way. And then the other one is going to level up being I'm, I'm invincible. I can throw myself into these guys. I got my party's got my back. We can take care of anything. Let's go take on the world. Yeah. yeah. If you start, if you build a level 12 character and then when you start playing him, mechanically they're different, but it's still basically a level one character in the sense that you haven't developed this character at all. Now, maybe you have a background in a story like you would for any starting character, but you've, you haven't gone through and developed it. You haven't played with these players in this party necessarily for a while. You don't have maybe some kind of uh, rapport with the other characters in the group, which may or may not matter in your game, but you haven't developed anything. You're going into this character blind, just like you would with a lower level character. So, uh, higher level characters or characters who start at higher level for the campaign reasons are sometimes aren't as evolved as, like you said, characters who start at the lower levels and work their way up to it. Uh, they're just not as maybe you haven't gone through all of the sessions that built the actual depth of the character and have built that character for what it is. Right. Yeah, you're not high functioning, I guess would be a term I might throw out there that I've never used before, but you're not a high functioning, high level character. You're right. kind of a low functioning, low, uh, high level character. So like Ed said, you're, you're lack, uh, you know, common to uh, actually a playoff of both, both what you said. Um, you don't have the, the developed character background that you might've had or the story, the progression. You don't have a quote unquote lifetime of experience. Again, you can write up a background till you're blue in the face, but not having actually played this character this, up to this point. You know, you just don't have that experience under your belt with the character to so fully fleshed out, not so much their background, but like their their personality traits and, you know, and their play style. Because putting something on paper right. is one thing, but then playing with it is a different thing. Right. I tend to write up backgrounds with the intent of a personality being X. And once I start playing, I end up being Y. That's just typically how it goes. Like I have every intent of the world of being over here, but I end up over there at the table just because life you know, that's just the way it is. And if you play through 12 levels, your personality might change based on your the things that you go through right, during yeah. that time. You've, you've, you have experiences that will change your perception of things, you know, as a character and as a player. And uh, I've, I've had personalities that I planned on and changed as I played. I've had personalities that I got to the table and I'm like, actually, that doesn't work. And what I'm doing is better. Right. So let's do that instead. Yeah. I'd say one of the other drawbacks, too, uh, even though there is a mechanic for making sure that you have enough riches and uh, sort of magical gear and whatnot based on your level. There is a mechanic in the book for that, or at least for fifth edition. Uh, other games may not have that. But the uh, the other drawback that you probably understand I'm getting to is the magic items and gear and money that you might have picked up through your travels. You don't necessarily have that if you just start out at blank level 12. Yeah, okay. 
fifth edition accounts for that. I think I think third and three point five and Pathfinder account for that. They say, hey, this is how much you should have at about this level. So you get to buy some stuff and sort of tailor your character. You do yeah. get to do that. But there's not saying that if you had played through 12 level, 12 levels, you might have four or five magic items. You know, you might you might have pulled some full plate off of an orc, so you never had to pay for it. You know, you might have some really cool stuff because you went through that experience playing all up until then. Whereas I build the level 12 character. Here are my guidelines for how much money I can have. I spend that. Here's my gear. There's no story behind it. It's just my gear. I also think there's there's an issue there in that uh, that kind of falls in with everything else we've been talking a bit, like where you don't really have a personality. You have some gear, but it doesn't really matter. Right. I think another one is the player's handle on the mechanics. Each yeah. level, you're adding more and more stuff you can do. Right. And so if you start at 12, 12th level, you have 12 levels of stuff you can do. And you may forget that, oh, that's right. At seventh level, I would have gotten the ability to do this, yeah. which I should be using all the time. And if I was playing progressing through, I'd pick it up and I'd already have a handle on everything else. So I'd, so I'd look at it and be, oh, I should be using this all the time. Right. By the time I hit eighth, I am using it all the time. And by the time you hit 12, it's completely second nature that I'm using this all the time. Which is especially hard on like players who haven't played, been playing that often. Yeah, I mean, I think the a big drawback if is, you know, is if you're starting higher level, you really if you're going to do that, I would recommend it for more experienced players, but if you have a new player, it's going to be especially hard for them because they're going to already be struggling with the mechanics of the game in general. They would already be struggling a little bit with a first, second, third level character. Now all of a sudden they have to understand the, the 12th, 15th level yeah. character mechanics. Imagine a 12th level fighter who just cannot does not understand how action surge or second wind work. Right. So they're never using it because they don't get it. So you have to keep reminding them. Well, if they'd have played through first level, they would they would know it. Yeah. But you start them off at 12, so they don't. And that's and that's a huge downside. They don't know how to use it. They'll just ignore it. Mm -hmm. And so it's as if they don't have it. Yeah. Now, the game is calculating difficulty based on assuming that these characters have access to all of the abilities and they're utilizing them. If they don't utilize them, then all of a sudden you're underpowered for what you're expected to be doing. Right. Yeah, uh, a, a note to the equipment magic item money thing uh, that Ed mentioned was the other side of the coin on that. It would be especially like looking at 3.5. I'm not I'm not as familiar with the fifth edition starting at higher level stuff, but in 3.5, all magic items had a price. Like this is how much this magic right. item costs, yep. is how much this one costs. If you're starting at 15th level, you have a gazillion gold and you can spend it in the DMG however you see fit, assuming your DM you know, has given you approval of things. But you could have a singular artifact-ish level item that would be something that you may never actually have ever had access to in a million years during gameplay. Again, assuming your DM approves it, you know, so it's on them if they approve it. But you could have one really powerful item that you blew all your money into. That you normally wouldn't have, you know, most likely wouldn't have having played through the game. Yes, you could have more stuff and you could uh, could have that item if you played through all those levels. But you're more likely to have a larger variety of lower mid-level magic items and yeah. such, you know, having played through the 12, 15 levels. But all of a sudden you're given this huge giant wallet full of friggin' money and you can blow it all in, the, you know, however you see fit. You're like, I see that one really expensive thing. I want that. You know, I want this uh, Staff of the Magi that I probably wouldn't have 
you know, this artifact tier magic item right. uh, instead of, you know, normally I might have like, you know, maybe like a staff of fire and, you know, a four speed. Maybe I got, you know, a couple of other little random magic items. I got a ring of spell store, you know, all really cool magic items. And, you know, together equally, if not more powerful. But instead, I have this one really super almost potentially game breaking item. Right. And you also have the, the quirky things like, oh, I've got a fighter with a ring of jumping. Why do you have a ring of jumping? Because I haven't found another good ring. Right. But I have this, and then you know, maybe you can use it at some point to some effect. Yeah. But if you, you're jumping in, then ring of jumping, why do I want that? Right, exactly. Like, it's one of those things where, because you've been leveling up for 12 levels, I've thrown this at you, and you decided the fighter gets this, you know, and he has it, and he uses it, you know, because he's got it, so he uses it, and maybe... While you're playing, you get some really good uses out of it. But if you start at that 12th level, you're never going to look at yeah. something like that. Or you could have, you know, the this this ring, this, this, let me keep this evil wizard from getting away because he opened this huge rift in the ground. I was able to hurdle it and tackle him and take him down. You know, that's not something that comes up in a backstory. Yeah, that's the other that's the other thing. I, I guess this goes back to our first sort of con was the no development is you might have a weak magic item that you want to keep because of the story behind it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a ring of protection. That's all it is. But there's a story behind that ring. You know, maybe you had to earn that ring and you're like, this is mine. I'm keeping this. Or yeah, it's a it's a trophy. Like this was an awesome fight. This is what I got out of it. You know, let me tell yeah. let me tell you the story of this battle. You know, this starts and you know, exactly. your character goes off on it and Sentiment, it means something to him. So that's the first option is starting at the higher level. Yep. The next option we have is going to be power leveling or speed leveling. Right. Um, there is a kind of rate of experience gain that you're kind of expected to follow. This is cranking up the dial yeah. on that. Yeah. So I think we've covered this before. Typically in, in fifth edition, they suggest at the end of the first session, your character shall be level. You shall have up to the level two. And maybe for the next couple of sessions, they get a, a level per session and then maybe two, two sessions per level. And then, you know, so on and so forth. And that's your sort of typical progression. You know, you can also use strictly the experience points chart and just go off of that. You know, it'll, pro it'll probably come out to about the same. So for but for power leveling, you do it different. Now, probably most of everyone knows power leveling from like MMORPGs where like the high level cleric will come down and just heal the crap out of the low level guy after giving him some gear and having him go fight things that he shouldn't be able to kill. Well, I guess technically you could do that in a D&D &D game. But power leveling or speed leveling in this is... Well, maybe this session you're going to actually gain two or three levels. The next session you're going to gain another one or two levels. And then after that, and then you still have to plan out like maybe four or five sessions before you get to the level 12 stuff. But by the end of those, say, four or five or six sessions, they're level 12. So at the very least, they've gotten they've played all of those levels. Just each level is really quick. Uh, and that's sort of what we're we're talking about here for the speed leveling, power leveling thing. So, um, and we did do an episode a little, while, a little while ago on rate of experience. Right. Which we do talk about this a little bit more, but we did want to come back and touch on this specifically on the pros and cons of that, just because it really does fit in with what we're talking about today. Exactly. Um, so the benefits you get to start that character from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You get to develop them. You know, the whole you don't know what happened at lower levels goes away because yep. you actually do get to see that. Um, the A lot of the 
we don't know what mechanics we had because we jumped over those levels. Right. Uh, that, again, even though you're ex- going at an accelerated rate, you are still adding things in from the baseline of the beginning. So you at least have some time where each thing is something new to incorporate into what you're already working on. Yeah, you get to play with each mechanic as you get it. Yeah, it's like a tasting kind of thing. You know, you get to play with each new mechanic for, you know, maybe an hour or so before you got another level thrown at you. But you get a chance to taste out and, you know, and try out each new mechanic on its own, play with it and get at least a feel for how it's supposed to work and what it's supposed to do. And then, you know, once you finally get to whatever the level is, you know, 12 or whatever, you've at least, you know, you've, you've had that tasting, you've had that sampling of all the different mechanics and you can kind of decide what you want to focus on or, or turn into like your regular spiel, you know, mechanically. Yeah. And because it is power leveling or speed leveling, you know, maybe you can fight more disproportionate monsters or encounters than you're used to. You know, uh, obviously, and for a character to get to a level, they got to survive the level. But, um, you know, maybe part of that is maybe you literally did make a 15th level cleric that's guiding them through for a while, you know, and you just sort of having that person keep them alive while they go. You know, instead of taking out the goblins, you know, hey, go fight this army of trolls. Don't worry, you'll be fine. You know, that's going to be kind of crazy, but it's something you could be doing. You're still going to get that party cohesion, too, because they have to work together through those levels. Right. Yeah, you may not sort of like for starting at level 12, you may not get a lot of development because you are only getting a few sessions to um, bring those characters up to the level that you want. But at the very least, they have to work together for everything that they're doing at those different specific levels. So they're still kind of figuring out, OK, so this is what this person's doing. This is what that person's doing. This is how I fit into the group. And those those moments that are lost uh, by just starting at the higher level, they're there when you're doing the speed leveling. They just go by faster. Right. You're still not going to have all the necessarily none of these are going to uh, replace the development you get actually playing one through 12. If you start want, want to get to 12 and you want to play all the way through there, that's going to be a lot different when it comes to character development and gear and whatnot than actually hitting that area. Um, and then talk a little bit about drawbacks for the speed leveling. Um, sometimes it can just be going too fast for people, you know, yep. even though you're getting the new mechanics in. Maybe I didn't get a chance to really figure out how this works because it was a specialized or because it's a little quirky or because I can only use it once per long rest. Mm -hmm. And now I've got a new mechanic to remember. And that old one that I wasn't really using much. So maybe maybe I can come back to that later and it winds up getting lost or forgotten. Yeah. Also, where you're speeding through the levels, uh, gear could uh, be an issue. You know, you're you're pumping their experience way up there. That doesn't necessarily mean you're giving them a ton of treasure or opportunities to buy new gear or giving them a bunch of magic items. So, again, your gear might be less equivalent than it would be playing through a campaign up to level 12. Uh, and then still the role playing or, or background character development. I mean, you're you're getting some again, just kind of like, you know, everything else with this. But it's, you know. You're getting some, but you're not getting a lot of time to truly develop your character. You know, you're only getting four or five sessions in, you know, but instead of the the 15, 20 that you might have had before. You're not right. getting you don't have as, as many experiences 
you know, in and out of game. You don't have as much character interactions, both with the party and with other NPCs. Uh, typically in this style of game, you know, they'll, you might throw in some social interactions and some some role-playing and stuff, but you're going to probably have a lot of combat typically in this kind yeah, of like fast-forward game. So you're just going to not have the same kind of, you know, character development. Yeah. Actually, you also kind of brought up an, another kind of benefit bonus in there um, that you get 1 to 12 in, let's say, four sessions, where otherwise it might take you 20 to 30 sessions. Well, games might not last 20 to 30 sessions. Right. You might never reach that point where if you can get through there in, you know, four sessions and then in session five, we're getting into the, to the meat of the game as a high level game. Then, you know, maybe you can get through your storyline before somebody gets a new job or has to move and everything falls apart. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely uh, something to consider. I'd say one of the other cons, too. So starting at level 12, the benefit is you start at level 12. That's the big benefit. Well, I guess one of the cons of speed leveling and power leveling or even of skip leveling, like we'll talk about in a bit here, is you're not starting at level 12. The whole point of the level 12 thing or level 15 or whatever level you decided on is you want to run a high level game. So these are the options as to how to get them there. Well, if you take those sessions, even if it's just five or six sessions, as opposed to, like you said, the 20, 25 sessions you might actually need. Um, that's still five or six sessions that isn't what you wanted to do. Yeah. You know, even, even with the skipping here, if the skipping was only five or six sessions, that's still five or six sessions that isn't what you wanted to do. What you want to do is this 12th level thing. So that, I guess that would be sort of the con for these ones. You're not there, but there's, you got to weigh all the options. Yeah. But I mean, again, trying to look at both sides. Uh, which I completely agree with, you know, that yep. con, the, the pro side of that would be like, you're getting to play through this nice elaborate prologue, you know, like you mentioned yes. in, in the, you know, the pre-show. So make sure that whatever you're playing through to get them where you want them to be is relevant to, or at least starts to lead into where you want them to be. So it can be like this nice, you know, story driven prologue that gets you to where you want to actually play the game. It doesn't have to be the whole fast forwarded 12 levels, but make sure that, you know, you take advantage of some of those, you know, four to six sessions that you're playing through to start establishing where you want to be. Right. So it's not all a complete waste. And when you do finally get to that 12, you're already where you kind of want to be both, you know, uh, character development wise and also storyline wise. Right. Yeah. And I think we might have talked about it uh, long, long ago when we were talking about first setting up characters and bringing them together, talking about the playing through the prologue right? Um, as, as an option to sit down with the characters and like, okay, the campaign is going to start here, but we're going to talk about what you were doing before then to get to here. This lets you make, okay, the campaign is going to start at 12. Let's figure out what you guys were doing one to 12 so that, you know, and then that's solidified in your mind and you get that solid base for the character. So once we start doing the real game, with air quotes there. Um, oh, they you, could they could see it. Don't worry. Then you get to have the fact that they have this detailed and fleshed out backstory. So now that you've hit that level 12 where things really start happening, their personality is partially developed from the prologue, but they have a good base to go and grow as a character from there. Exactly. So okay. um, the, the third option, which also... Uh, got mentioned there is we referred to as a time skip or skipping levels. Yeah. Uh, this is where you start at 
level one and then play a session, you're level two, and then we're going to skip ahead three, four months, and now you guys are all level yeah. five, and then we go away and you come back five years later and you're level 10, yeah. and then another couple of years you come back and you're level 12, and the real campaign begins. Right, so skip leveling, it can work sort of like the speed leveling if you want it to, it doesn't have to. Uh, one really good example of this that I can think of is maybe you have this level 12 campaign in your head, but you know you want your characters to flesh out a bit, and maybe you picked up uh, this dungeon that's supposed to get you through levels one through five, right? So you run them through the dungeon. And that might take four, five, six sessions or even longer than that or whatever, you know, and you do that. And then say once they're done with that, once they've completed that, you say, OK, um, next week we're going to level up everybody to level 12. I want you to think about what you've been doing for the last 10 years, you know, or you can do smaller skips like you said. All right, you and we ended at level three. Uh, everyone level up to five for next session. It's been two years. And if you know, if you want an, a good example in fiction, the Dragonlance Chronicles, they start the first books that were released start with the party coming back together after five years. Mm-hmm. So you can go read those the prequel, the meeting sextet that how they all got together and the quest they were going on, and then you can come back and read the Dragonlance Chronicles. And you've got these characters that have now skipped and advanced. And, you know, this character went from being an apprentice mage to having taken the test of the Magi and gaining all these powers. And This character grew and developed as a leader and got a beard. Um, literally, that's actually noted as one of the biggest changes. Since he has a beard now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see how that time skip worked. And occasionally they make reference to what happened during the time skip. But there are other books that cover what was going on in there. Right. But it's it's a nice fictional look at the time skip, um, which. So the time, the, the, the time skip, it's going to have some of the same pros and cons as speed leveling, um, obviously, you know, but with the time skip, you could say we're going to actually play through three or four levels before we skip, which will take some time. We'll take some sessions. So instead of feeling like you have to rush through anything, you can let those sessions play out as normal sessions until they get there. And what the skip allows you to do, if you're doing speed leveling, you have to sort of eventually figure out, okay, how's this tying into my campaign? How's this getting them to where I want them to get? So when they hit level 12, bam, they're there and we can start the real story. One of the pros of the time skip is it doesn't have to relate to it at all. The sessions that you do before you, you everyone is level 12 can be completely unrelated to the story if you want them to be, or they can be completely related to the story if you want them to be. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You are just running a game, letting the, the players play, letting them figure out what their characters are and how they work together. And then you're saying, OK, that part's done. Everyone level up to level 12 for next session. Yeah, I think uh, the nice thing with time skip is, I mean, there's no right or wrong way on how you skip the time or how many times you skip the time. So if you have like maybe some less experienced players that but you still want to get to that higher, you know, mid to high level game, you can play through, you know, levels one through five or whatever and then skip, you know, some time and then come back and play a couple sessions to get them, you know, okay, now you guys are level five. Or, you know, we skip to like level, let's say nine. Now we're going to play a little bit. Just we're just going to play, you know, a couple sessions to get you from nine to ten. 
just to get you a feel for where your character is right now. And then we're going to skip some more time and boom, you're going to come back 12. So now you, so you, you, you're not jumping straight into 12. You know, you played your character, you established your character. We skipped a few levels. We played a little bit more to make sure you knew where you were at power wise, give you a feel for what you may or may not want to do to your character mechanically. When you jump some more levels, then jump to where we want to be. Or you can go for the whole, you played level one through three, maybe, and then we're skipping 10 years and boom, now you're level 10. And now we're going to play through a, a few sessions to get you from 10 to 12, which is where I really want you to be. But we're going to use this time to establish the prologue for the real campaign. Right. And you can even do some speed leveling, power leveling through the 10 to 12. You know, maybe they get from 10 to 12 in, you know, two sessions instead of like typically like the eight to 10 that they might recommend. Right. Um, so you just, you know, but it, it gives them a feel for being able to still play their character, even though you're chipping, literally skipping levels and literally skipping huge chunks of time. But you can break it up however you want, you know, do level one to three, then skip level to level five, then, you know, play a level or even maybe even just a session, not even through a whole level, just play a session with that level. Then we're going to skip to seven, play a session at that level, skip to level nine, play a session at that level, skip to level 11, play through from 11 to 12, whatever speed you want. You got your prologue there. Then, boom, you can get into the real meat of the potatoes. Yep. You know, and, you know, so and then with each of those skips, you can have them right out or you can tell them, okay, um, what adventure do you want to go on, you know, on your own little independent thing? Do you guys want to stay together as a group? Do you want to go independent? You can, you have, there's a lot of play there with those time jumps, you know, role-playing and storyline wise, the party can break up, go their separate ways. Kind of like the, the dragon Chronicles that Jerry mentioned, they all split for five years, go their own way, except for the twins stay together, but they all go their own way, do their own thing and then come back. They agree to meet after five years. So you could, party could do that. They all could explore their own, selfish endeavors or maybe they have some personal quests they need to establish or maybe they're all curious about different things or they can stay as a group if they want to stay as a group then you might guide them so they can kind of come up with an idea assuming you want them to write out some sort of background or story or, or have an idea of what's going on why don't you guys go check out the tomb of horrors down the road <laughs> right <laughs> all right cool boom we come back and we're level like 100 so cool on vacation yeah it sounds like a real fun vacation but there's a lot of play in there so the drawback would be, again, you're skipping a lot of time, you're skipping a lot of levels, you don't have as much play experience with the character, you don't have as much play experience with the mechanics, but the, 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 the pros are you have a lot of play as a DM and as a player for establishing story and, and for drawing it in and circling it around for the setup for the prologue for whatever campaign you really want to get at. You know, maybe they spent the, maybe they spent the whole time in the backstory you know, however many times you break it up, maybe it's one big chunk, maybe it's multiple chunks, but every time it's them going off and trying to find out more and more information about whatever's going on that's going to set up your prologue. And then finally you play through a little bit, you know, a session to, you know, solidify your prologue and boom, you're into the, you know, the real campaign that you really wanted to get into. And you can get all this, you know, get all that done in however many sessions you want. You can accomplish it in three sessions, skipping a ton of time, you can spread it out a little bit longer, depending on how reliable your group is. You know, do it over the course of 10 sessions still by breaking it up, playing, breaking it up, playing, breaking it up, playing. There's a lot of play in there. I just, I like the option in the sense that you can do a lot of different things with it, depending on how you want to approach it. I mean, I do feel like it, it would make the story a little choppy, um, but I think there's also some groups that would work really well for that, um, especially if you know, like your group has an on and off um, like maybe you're playing with a college group and you know that, OK, we're going to be playing here, but then we're going to have a vacation and, you know, we won't be playing again for another three, four weeks. That's a great time to do a time skip 
because then, okay, we come back. It's been a month since we played, but in game, it's been two years and your characters are now here. So it kind of helps line up your game schedule with, you know, life schedule. Yeah. And it's almost in character when you've skipped the game for a month and you're like, what were we, what did we do last time? Because your characters have, or the characters have, haven't seen each other for three years. So wait, 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 what was your name again? What was the name of that orc? You know? It's also an opportunity, like, if you need to switch out players, like, I can't play anymore, so we're going to throw so-and-so in here in a spot. Okay, we have this time gap. Now I can easily say, well, so-and-so didn't come back for whatever reason. Maybe, we, you know, the character died. Maybe they just decided not to come back, whatever. In that time, they met this other character. This character's coming in. Boom. Okay, you just did a player swap slash character swap. Didn't even, no one even really noticed. You know, storyline-wise, it all made perfect sense. Well, those were the options we talked about because long story short, high level gameplay can be awesome. It can be a lot of fun. Definitely. But getting there can sometimes be a difficulty. So we wanted to come up with some options for the DM so they have uh, options available to bring their game to that level and give them a chance to experience how that happens. Uh, Definitely. If to the next level, you're always headed for the next level. Huh? See what you did there, Jerry. So, uh, if you'd like to play around with that a little bit, definitely feel free to give us some feedback. Give us some uh, some of your thoughts on moving characters through the levels and playing at the higher levels. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at GMS Studios. We're available on Facebook to like, comment, subscribe. We do have our Patreon page, which you can sign up to subscribe and support us, as well as getting access to early access to some of the stuff we have, exclusive content that we're posting there. Um, I believe we actually posted a mini episode just on Patreon because we had it and we wanted to give our Patreon supporters something. Uh, we also are running our YouTube 360 VR series on the Dark Hounds, which you get to see us running a campaign using some of the tricks we've utilized, occasionally missing opportunities because we are people, but feel free to check that out. We are one of the, one of, if not the first, uh, 360 VR live play campaign that's available out there. And of course we still are continuing our podcast each week. We're going to be back here bringing new information, new tools. If there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, or if there's any cool tricks or ideas you'd like to share with us, get in touch through one of the previous means. Uh, we'll take a look, see what we can do. And we'll talk to you again the next time that we're in the studio.